ding, 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 ding. Oh my God, we did well, that the same rhythm and we didn't even we, practice it. We didn't even practice it, but welcome to Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. <laughs> you, you know, I guess because I'm half Jewish. Right. Like, I used to celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas growing up, but then, like, just kind of Hanukkah fell to the wayside a little bit. My mom's just sure. more into the holiday spirit than my dad is, and my dad's the one that's Jewish, so it Got just it. kind of fell off. But I've never been, if someone said to me, like, Merry Christmas and I wasn't celebrating it, I wouldn't care. Do you care? That's why I've just mostly been saying happy holidays to people. Yeah. Um, in New York City, it's interesting because New York City is quite a melting pot. It's the world's, it's the universe, the center of the universe in so many ways. And really ev- and so many different religions and cultures and backgrounds are not just existing, but celebrated, really. I mean, that's one of the things I really love about New York is how we all come together and all respect each other in that way. So when I was there, it was happy holidays, happy holidays from everybody that I ran across, came into contact with. And then I came back to my hometown, you know, once the, Christ- the Christmas season oh, had kind of... like Merry Christmas. And everyone's very Merry Christmas here because I would probably venture to say in my hometown, 99% of people here are very Christian. Um, sorry, I should say 99% of religious people because there's quite a lot of people that just aren't religious here, which is, I find sure. healthy and normal. But anyway, so it's interesting because my response is always just simply to say happy holidays because I'm not going to assume I know what any person, you know, is celebrating. Some people celebrate Hanukkah, some people celebrate Christmas, there's Kwanzaa, there's a million different things. Unless I know specifically what you're celebrating, which in many cases I do, happy Hanukkah, happy Merry Christmas, I'll say that. But this whole thing about there's a war on Christmas from years ago, I think that hopefully the, our country has oh moved God, on from. Oh my God, I remember that. Yeah. I, I, I think the first time that <laughs> happened was probably 2017, like the first year. Donald Trump got elected in 2017, right? I mean, like uh, 16, 2016 but election, 17, but 17. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it must have been the holidays for Starbucks cups at the oh end of God, that I year. Oh my God, I forgot about that. We talked about that. We talked, and I feel like that's where that whole thing oh, started. Dear. Yeah. I know. Oh dear. oh dear, but um, oh dear, but um, you always love when I say oh dear for some. I, I it's just so funny. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I've sort it's of to say happy holidays, just yeah, as yeah. like a. To me, it's now encompassing because to me, like Christmas is like America's holiday. I know it's true. You know, and I've said that before about it. Like it's just like kind of like even Andy has like a Christmas tree. You know, when he celebrates Hanukkah, but like. <laughs> yeah. Ben's getting gift on Christmas just because it's like the thing. It's like the yeah. day we all let off from school and everything. But sure. I also encompass like happy holidays to include New Year's. I was going to say New see Year's. See that person. Right. For so, sure. No, there's a lot yeah. that goes under the umbrella of holidays. And frankly, if if I hear people say it or to me or if I'm saying it to others, it's kind of just a respect thing. You know, I'm like, I don't know what you're going to celebrate, but happy holidays to you and happy new year on top of that. So there you go. Well, speaking of which, uh, we just want to make a little programming note to you guys that because That's the holidays right. are on Saturdays, which was my nightmare when I was in school as a kid because I you know. never got like the extra days. The extra days. Because like if, if Christmas came on a Tuesday, then you'd get yeah. that entire week off plus the Pretty next much. week off because of the new yeah. year. Like they'd never start, you know, you'd start on like January 7th or 8th or whatever that <laughs> right. comes out to. Now yeah. we're all back in the office on the 3rd. On the 3rd. Um, <laughs> but so because it's on Saturdays this year, we're going to move full steam ahead with just regular shows and yeah. uh, Not My Radish. So just that's be right. on the lookout per usual. We're not taking any breaks because that's the kind of fucking Santa Clauses <laughs> mom and dad are. 
Okay. You We're are Santa. Santa Claus. I am Mrs. Claus. Clearly. Obviously. Um, uh, I mean. Obviously. Look at the figure. Obviously. That's right. You know what? I was thinking about this too. We haven't taken a single week off, at least with Shaken and Disturbed. And I remember with Martinis and Murder that we did with Oxygen in the past. I only remember maybe taking one or two weeks off, and those were maybe. pre-recorded episodes from a week prior. So like, we still did the work. So I'm not sure in the history of our podcasting careers together, Darren, over the last, my God, how long has it been now? Like seven years or something crazy? Literally since Donald Trump got elected. That's Well, that's right. That's how 17. I know. That's yeah. how I know it was. Because it like, started the same month. That's right. Exactly. Because it was like, oh, there's nothing going on in the news cycle. Yeah. I, I, we don't, I'm not getting political here. I'm just saying that was such a... No, uh, yeah, a tumultuous a, like American period history. of our history yeah. that I remember doing. That was the yeah. year we were like, oh yeah, no, it's true. It seems so long ago. So yeah, we're not taking any breaks, guys. So um, be on the lookout for those episodes coming up. We are going to be recapping 2021 for better or worse. Some of the biggest names in true crime, or some of the biggest headlines in true crime. There were quite a few actually this year. A lot. In fact, yeah. there's three big big ones trials going on right now. That's right. Uh, the trial of Elizabeth Holmes, where the jury is out on that and still mm -hmm. doing the evidence. Ghislaine Maxwell and the Jeffrey Epstein case. Mm -hmm. And then I believe her name is Kim Potter, I believe that's right, uh, about the cop, female cop, who uh, killed a guy when she thought that she was grabbing her taser instead that's of right. her gun. So there's three high, high-profile cases kind of going on right now. So. Yeah. And that's we'll get, just right now. That's just right so. this moment. Yeah, so we'll have yeah. more on that in the coming weeks by the way guys we're on zoom right now darren and i have switched over we see each other when we're recording now i am very casual looking darren is always dressed to impress although darren and i were joking right before the show because she is wearing a sweatshirt say that today yes. yeah the sweatshirt literally says we are all we're all going to die or gonna die i should say but it has sign. a heart around the earth so earth. it's supposed to be optimistic cheeky? okay yes uh, quite cheeky, yeah. It's quite cheeky, quite darling. Cheeky, it's supposed darling. to be funny. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the question we're posing to you guys is, do you want to see us? Like, do you want video? Do you want, f you know, photos? I, we, we, we're thinking about putting them on Patreon. Let us know what you think, because we have this content. But, like, I don't know, Darren. I'm just like, do we want to add this to our Patreon stuff do we want to just put it out there in the world we need I to think about i am thinking it. for 2022 and let us know what you guys think about yeah. this in fact john i haven't presented it to you i wonder if it's like we can do like a cocktail thing where you and i mm. i give you a recipe and you give and me a recipe it? and we make it and we see That's and cute. we can do a little video on it maybe over zoom that's right but that way fans can submit recipes to us and we can attempt well, do you remember when Matt, the bartender from Martinis and Murder, would make those recipe videos that were on yes. Oxygen.com? Yes. Those were always were fun to watch because, like, you and I kind of would just, like, walk into the studio and get our drinks. But, like, there was a whole production happening in the background. Oh, yeah. And they were always yeah. delicious. They were That's always right. delicious. Speaking of which, what yeah. are you consuming today? Well, <laughs> they were delicious. But today I'm going to have water. I'm taking it a little drier today than usual. I have some events to do uh, this evening as soon as we're done recording. Um, and you know what? Like I say every time, I love that there's a certain contingent of listeners out there that appreciate a dry episode for me and you from time to time. That's right. I uh, have to You're like, I'm going to be drinking. This. Oh. <laughs> well, I was. And next yeah. week, I already think that I'm going to have like yeah. some bubbly with yeah, you. Yeah, we're going to do some, some wine. We're going to do some like maybe some nice holiday drinks. But today, I'm going to follow you and have some water because this case is actually... 
I almost want to be sober for this case. Yeah, that's um, right. It's a sobering case, that's that's for sure. But uh, should we get into it? Yes, let's take it. Go ahead and take it away. In 2005, Chris and Kimberly Vaughn moved with their three children, Abigail, Cassandra, and Blake, from Seattle to Oswego, Illinois. Chris had started his own private detective agency in Washington, while Kimberly worked at her criminal justice degree. However, when Chris was offered a job at Navigant, a computer forensics firm, the family jumped at the opportunity. After the yeah. move, Kimberly became a stay-at-home mom as she finished her degree. I've never heard of Navigant, a computer Me either, forensics but firm, but certainly in 2005, that sounds swanky. I was just going to say, 2005 uh, computer forensics firm, he's probably making a lot of money. So, yeah, they want to jump on that, especially, by the way, with three kids. Kids are expensive. And, you know, and she becomes a stay-at-home mom while she's yeah. finishing her degree. So that... I, that implies some sort of financial security for me, although I don't know. Who, yeah, who that's knows? True. Everyone has their own choice. But in 2007, 34-year-old Kimberly had finished her degree. 12-year-old Abby was a school athlete who loved reading Harry Potter books. Oh, 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 oh me too. Oh. Oh. oh, but she's 12. And, oh, oh, okay. Oh. I'm 35. And, and, okay. Yeah, 30. Cool, cool, cool. And <laughs> just started wearing eye makeup. Same. 11-year-old Cassandra was trying Cassandra. to talk to I can't stand you. Uh, 11-year-old Cassandra was trying to talk to her mom into letting her start her own dog walking business. Oh, that's cute. These are entrepreneurial kids. I was going to Blake say, yeah. was a baseball lover with a remarkably oversized vocabulary. So pretty precocious. See yeah. What I did there? Using yeah, I like, I like what you just oh. did there. I do like Thank that. You. You're welcome. On June 14th, 2007, <laughs> Chris and Kimberly plan to take their kids to Knight's Action Water Park in Love Springfield. The name of it. Illinois, yeah, Knights Action, Knights which is with a K. Yes. Yes. Knights Action is the new Marvel movie. It kind of sounds like it. There are a couple different. There's like Moon Knight and Black Knight that are coming I in the Marvel John. universe. I know. It's Listen, not, don't really... set me up, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk right. through the door every time you open it. I shouldn't threaten you with a good time. No, exactly. Sh- Thank you're ready you. for it. You think? We're around five a.m. Kimberly asked Chris to pull off the highway. Five a.m. Okay, and I guess when you have kids, this is probably like a normal time. I was just going to say that. Because I'm like, wow. On 5 a.m., Kimberly asked Chris to pull off the highway because she was feeling sick. She actually suffered from migraine headaches, which she which sometimes made her feel nauseated. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a migraine? I honestly don't think I have. I, I You know, I've talked about my sinuses on, on across sure. multiple podcasts at this point. I remember in high school I had such a bad... Like I had bad allergies, I had sinusitis, and I rem- I'll never forget the pain I felt in my head. That was just literally just sinus pain. But one of my best friends, his name is Matt. I think you would know him. Um, we have a mutual friend, Darren. I'll tell you off yes. the air who it is. Yes, yes, yes. He suffers. DP. Yes, that's right. And he suffers from very intense migraines and takes Ooh. all different types of medication. I think now would be a great time to plug Ubrelvi. Which is a migraine medication that is plugged by Serena Williams. And oh, well. I have no idea. I'm not a doctor. I do not endorse. Oh, great. Or I'm glad anything. we're endorsing it and they're not even paying us then. But Ubrelvi, I have a feeling right. if Serena's endorsing it, then it's good to go. So, Ubrelvi available. Talk to your doctor, is what I should say. Well, it definitely feels debilitating to the point of like, I right. know that people can feel nauseous because they oh, can't even yeah. look at light. So, this would probably oh my make God, sense. Yeah. Well, sometime later, a passing driver pulled over to help a lone man walking down the side of the interstate. The man turned out to be Chris Vaughn. But, you know, where's Kimberly here? Now, Chris had been shot twice, once in his wrist and once in his left leg. When asked, Chris told the driver who helped him that he had been shot by his wife. 
Okay. Investigators found the Vaughn's car. They discovered Kimberly in the front passenger seat with a single gunshot wound under her chin. Oof. Now, the, the crime scene investigator Robert Deal later stated that this physical evidence in particular pointed to this being a murder-suicide committed by Kimberly. Presumably That's, shoots her husband, yeah. thinks he's dead, pulls the trigger on herself, gun wound under her chin implies that she was, you know, I, I mean, I hate to do this so visually, but like yeah, kind of yeah. putting it in your mouth and blowing, it's trying to blow out your brain, essentially, right, not sadly. to be uh, crass here. Yes, of course. Well, the three kids, sadly, Abigail, Cassandra, and Blake, were all found dead uh. in the backseat of the car. Each child had been shot twice. For some reason, I don't know why, but the twice descriptor it here. It's like ritualistic or something, doesn't it? It's it like... feels that. It feels like one wasn't enough. Like, I don't know. Like, I hate dealing with kids and, and murder. It's so tragic and upsetting, but. I know this seems really weird. It's probably not even a. But I wonder if it had to do with like there's six bullets in the gun. Potentially. Or... Yeah. But twice for each of them feels heinous premeditated that's what i was thinking too and like yeah well a nine millimeter handgun was found on the floor of the car near kimberly's feet the gun was later found to be registered in chris's name and chris was brought to a local hospital remember he's still bleeding at this point yeah. although chris had initially told the driver who rescued him that he'd been shot by his wife upon reaching the hospital he seemed sort of unable to remember any of the events of the morning I'm assuming this trauma. is something that happens with trauma. Exactly. Could be trauma. You know, at we one... don't know, but it could be. Totally. And at one point he commented to a nurse, quote, you should call my wife. She gets mad when I don't call her. End quote. Mm. After receiving medical treatment, this is still June 14th, Chris was brought to the police station for questioning where he was interviewed for nearly 14 hours before being released. I just feel like, I, what do you get out of somebody who's been allegedly traumatized at this point for 14 hours? Like, has he even been asleep? I mean, I mean, the things I say, by the way, when I don't get enough sleep could be held against me in a court of law. Well, certainly, you know, especially with sexual assault victims here, like the problem is that like, on the one hand, you're kind of remaking, having them, forcing them to relive the details yeah. over and over and over again and the trauma over and over again on the other side of that coin is someone saying it's probably freshest in your mind right after it happens we want to make That's sure true. that we have an accurate record yeah. and you know ask them over and over again because let's be frank a wife and kids show up dead the first suspect's going to be the husband the husband and who's so bleeding maybe they down the street yeah. maybe they want to make sure his story is stays the same no that's so a great there's, point there's two sides of that coin i would agree with you on that yeah well chris was brought back to the police station for further interviewing on june 15th and june 17th and during these conversations chris told investigators that he recalled his wife asking him to pull the car over because she was feeling sick at which time she took no triptyline i hope nor triptyline i hope i'm saying that correctly nor triptyline yeah yep an antidepressant and nerve pain medication sometimes used to treat the migraines, and Topamax, an anticonvalescent and nerve pain medication also used to treat migraines, although Ubrelvi, which I mentioned, was not a part of this, this uh, you know, these medications as of this time. These this was... names, though, I mean, they don't make them sexy. Ubrelvi no, is not something I necessarily would think about. Like, Bictarvi is something that I saw the other day. I was like, Bictarvi? Yeah, it's all uh, It doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound fun to take. No, I agree. Yeah. 
But Chris recalled parking his car in front of a phone tower and getting out to check his tires while he waited for Kim to feel better. He then recalled checking and re-securing the strap on the car topper before getting back into the car, at which time he noticed that his leg was bleeding. By the way, don't forget, this is all at like what, I'm assuming 4 or 5 a.m., but what's right. this, re-securing the strap on the car topper? My guess is that if they were at this, um, what was park? it, water park, that maybe they had one of those car things that like you put your luggage in. Oh, like a toolie thing. Like yeah. Like you're, you're storaging it. Maybe. I'm assuming. That's interesting. Yeah. It's just interesting that he would then notice that his leg was bleeding. But Chris I know, vehemently weird. denied having any recollection of himself or his family being shot, telling police that his first recollection of learning of his own injury was when he was told by the doctor at the hospital. Okay, hmm. but that also... But you notice your leg is bleeding. Yeah. So how do you not know, notice your own injury? But at some point during the interviews, police suggested that perhaps Kim was the one who committed the murders before turning the gun on herself. Chris also vehemently denied this, stating there was no way she could have hurt the kids. Hmm. Okay, so this is interesting because we know that when he first saw that man on the side of the road, he was like, my wife shot me. Now, he didn't say she shot the kids. He said she shot me. So for him to vehemently deny that, it's either she shot him and he's still like being like, but she's a great mother and would never shoot the kids, or that she didn't shoot anybody. And so that's what's kind of... Tough here. It's a little sussy, so to so to speak. Um, it's definitely I'm, got some sussiness. It's and definitely having, got some sus. I'm having a little bit of a Chris Watts thought coming into my head. Who, Ooh. remember, everyone's like he would never hurt the kids, and you know we hear this so often with murderers. Not that this Chris that we're talking about is going to do that or has done it. At least we don't know yet. But um, yeah, it's just this this characterization that there's no way a parent could ever hurt their kids, and then you see it happen all the time. Right. I mean, if if you're violently killing a partner or anybody, mm-hmm. uh, murder, then your level of your boundary, I just don't yeah. trust. No, like, I, I don't, agree. Yes. I just don't trust it. Well, when police searched the Vaughn home, they found a copy of PI Magazine, which contained a cover story titled Crime Scene Staging and Alterations, the CSI Effect on Criminal Investigations. Well, listen, don't come raiding oh. my home, because do you the, the the stuff you'll see around this house in terms of I true mean, crime. I, I always tell NBC, especially when I was at Martinez and Murder, the things we had to look up. I was like, I hope I that they're not flagging me when I look <laughs> I up like asphyxiation. Like, like blah, what blah, does I'm mean? like, I really hope they aren't flagging me. But I know. the magazine was sent to a crime lab in an attempt to prove Chris had read the article in an attempt to become an expert at staging crime scenes. Now, him reading it doesn't really pose that to me. That It only says that he read the article. Well, it really only says that it's in his house. Does it even say anything more than that? Like, uh, how, no. how many magazines and articles do I have sitting around here? And to be honest with read? you, it kind of sounds like an interesting article. It just, I, I was like, please send that to Shaken and Disturbed at shakenanddisturbed.com. Uh, right. But well, I want to say one quick yeah, thing sorry. before we move on. Sorry, I just want to say that, like, I think about you and I. I mean, we're on, what, 300, our 300th true crime episode in yeah. our career. And I do feel like, in a weird way, after a certain amount of telling these stories back, you and I and several other true crime podcasters out there do sort of become experts in this stuff. I mean, I always say, I've said this before, I know red flags before the person that has the red flag has the red flag. I see it from a mile away, not necessarily murder all the time. I don't, I haven't like picked a murderer out of a crowd and they've become a murderer, but when it comes to certain behaviors, especially around domestic abuse and things like that, like I'm I'm noticing things, and I think there are things that I w- I notice now that I never would have noticed if we hadn't done so many shows. 
There was a TikTok my friend sent me the other day. It was like, name one. It was something like, name one thing you've learned from watching true crime docs or whatever. Yeah. And this one woman was contributing. She's like, well, if you're going to kill someone, she's like, make sure that you go, you buy a fresh pair of shoes you've never bought before. Make sure they're either two sizes too small <laughs> right. or two sizes too big. Right. And, you know, she's giving like these tips, obviously, of, yeah. you know, certain things. It's like if there's a dog, feed the dog, like yeah. treats, get them to know you. And it's like, yeah, we're and teaching b- people how to be better criminals. On TikTok, no less. I mean, think about the, right. the amount of people who have probably seen that. And I mean, and on a serious note here, it's like, do investigators and profilers and other experts in this field, are they thinking about that? That like, there's this silent exponential growth of people becoming better criminals happening right under our fingernail, under our fingertips. I almost said under our fingernails, but, but also let's test the DNA under the fingernails. Yeah. Or cut your nails beforehand. So you don't get like DNA or dirt. It's like, Wear a hair. They were like, ladies, wear a wig. Don't have any hair showing. Like, there's something to be said. I know. Anyway, little tangent. Maybe that's something we should say for another episode, but I thought we should touch on it. Well, the lab was unable to find any of Chris's fingerprints on the article, and when questioned, Crystal detects that he'd been too busy to read the magazine. Chris was arrested for his family's murders the same morning of their funerals. Granted, no matter what we know now, this guy lost his wife and children. Whether or not that was by his hands has to be tough. Right. The trial began in August of 2012, although the state wanted to pursue the death penalty. A bill had been signed into law the previous year abolishing it. Hmm. However, this bill was also massively derailed. Uh, this, this bill massively derailed Chris's case, at which, at, which at this point the defense team had worked on for four years. Wow. The bill abolishing the death penalty also stripped the legal team's resources to defend Chris. The team that had spent years preparing for trial no longer had the funds to continue, and Chris was appointed a local attorney to defend him, which, not saying anything about public defenders or a local attorney, but they're usually not as, they don't have the same resources capable to them as someone who was working on a four-year case. Mm-hmm. And during trial, it was revealed that for several months before his family's death, Chris had been communicating with a friend who lived in Ottawa, Canada, about the logistics of living in the wilderness off the grid. Wow. So there's a lot to sort of unpack here. Like, what exactly happens, you know, to his case in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what state was this, by the way? Did we... Did, I forget where we are here. Let me go back and just check. Well, th- this this case? Yeah, we're Oswego, in... Oswego, Illinois. Illinois. They moved from Seattle to Oswego, Illinois. Okay, got it. Well, in May of 2007, Chris had taken a trip to the Yukon with the intent to scope out the forest there as a viable new living situation. Okay, that's not inherently terrible or, in, or whatever, but a little yeah, sus okay. to me. Chris had also allegedly asked his Canadian friend to help him fake his own death so that Kimberly could collect the life insurance payout. Darren, here we are. We're back at the life insurance part of every episode. Always, right? I mean, yeah. like, wow. The prosecution argued that Chris killed Kimberly and the children because it would be easier for him to live off the grid without them. I have, you know, and this is another thing, like, you hear about family annihilators is the new kind of term I think that they're being assigned but these people that like kill their whole family because they think it's going to be easier to live I'm like that's not going to work because you're going to get caught and then you're going to be living alone in jail right um but anyway well anyway during trial two strippers were actually called to testify against Chris just before the murders on June 6th and June 12th as well as on several other occasions Chris had visited the strip club where the two women worked 
All right, maybe okay. he's trying to get things off his mind. He's about to go to trial. Well, going to a strip club? Yeah. That's not illegal? Yeah, that's so, illegal. So you're saying we'll go? We're going to go? Sweetie, we're doing it right now. We're that's doing why it right we're asking now. people if they want can't our see Zooms. The Zooms. <laughs> yes. Well, come one on. woman, I know. If you guys can only see our Zooms. Yeah, come on now. Weirdly, I have the bigger breasts. It's uncomfortable Yeah, for it's everybody. very uncomfortable. It's yeah. also uncomfortable you said breasts, but that's not the point. Let's move on. <laughs> anyway, one woman testified that over the course of these particular instances, Chris has spent close to $5,000 on their services, okay? During which time he spoke with her about wanting to leave his wife and go live alone in the woods. Mm. By the way... Not to get too personal, but I have a <laughs> dear friend of mine who has said the same thing. He wants to leave his wife and live in the woods. How, I, I don't want anything to do with it. I said, good luck with that. He hasn't said anything about killing her yet, but as soon as he does, I'll let the uh, Yeah, yeah let's, let's be on the lookout for that. Yeah, let's be on the, the lookout for that. S- the second woman testified that during his time with her, Chris told her he was single and didn't have children. Which, Ooh. didn't Chris Watts also do this with his... The other woman that he was having an affair with, I'm pretty sure she didn't know. Yeah. Okay, Not this surprising is surprising here. These are very weird parallels. Well, the prosecution also presented as evidence 140 pages of runic writings that Chris, who had an interest in druidism, had scribbled in a notebook as he awaited trial. I have no idea what druidism is. I used Can we to look know it up? Judah. I'm All looking right, look it, up it up right now. Stand the prosec- by. Okay, stand by. The prosecution had brought in an FBI expert to translate the writings and present them to the jury. I swear if it's like Lord of the Rings. It's like loving Pokemon. I'm like, yeah, oh my God. exactly. <laughs> okay, Anyway. Wait. Yeah, go ahead. Druid. Druidism, uh, yeah. sometimes uh, sometimes as druidry, is a modern spiritual religious movement that okay. generally promotes harmony, connection, oh. and reverence for the natural world, which would make sense of him wanting to live in the worlds. Right. Another prominent worlds, yeah. belief among modern druids is the veneration of ancestors, particularly those who belong to prehistoric societies. So this but would be. But then when I look up pictures of it, there's people in white dancing in fields next to like Stonehenge. So All right. We well, the, so basically, Chris would be one of those people I'd say happy holidays to. He's yes, not maybe he, not doing he, Christmas. OK, got it. he believes in the natural powers of it. <laughs> okay. nature has natural powers. I, OK. Yeah. All right. No, there's okay. no judgment here. No but judgment. He's not celebrating Christmas or Hanukkah. Yes, or anything else. that's true. Well, although not, his wife and children were never mentioned in these Druidism writings, one of the strippers actually was, Darren. And we should probably get to those interesting details as well. So throughout the trial, the defense team presented an alternate theory of the events that took place on June 14th. Kimberly, not Chris, had been the one to fire the gun and kill the three children. The defense called crime scene investigator Robert Deal to testify on Chris's behalf, Robert had gone through the forensic evidence and claimed that the bullet trajectory pointed to Kimberly being the killer. Hmm. His testimony did not appear to be well-received by either the prosecution or the jury, however. Robert expressed his extreme frustration with the way the case was run, stating, Every time I would come up with something that the evidence would suggest or support or you would be able to sit, to at least follow the evidence to come to a logical conclusion, basically I was just given some other crazy way that this could have occurred or they would change their theory of what happened to try to match the evidence rather than letting the evidence dictate to you that the events that occurred, which I feel all the time. <laughs> yes, I this happens to this all the time. Guy. Let the evidence speak for itself. Yes, and how many times have we screamed this on the show that we have to stop being the prosecutors or the investigators that are shifting the Adnan, story? Look at Adnan Syed. Yes. I mean, for fuck's sake, you know? And 
Well, <sighs> I mean, that's that's kind of what's sad thing. But after voicing his concern mm-hmm. to investigators, Robert was isolated from the investigation by the attorney's office. In truth, a significant portion of the state's forensic case was disproven during trial. Oh, oh, I've heard that before, too, in Adnan Syed's trial. Yes. Interesting. For example, the prosecution claimed that Chris had unbuckled Kimberly's seatbelt before he shot her because a bloodstain was found on the seatbelt latch. However, hmm. later investigation of the forensic evidence proved that the blood had come from Kimberly's right thumb, which indicates she had unbuckled her own seatbelt after Chris was shot. Now, the defense also noted Kimberly's usage of the migraine drugs, Topamax and Nortriptyline, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, both mm-hmm. of which report patients uh, being at a significant suicide risk. Mm. Now, nearly two years later, in May of 2009, the FDA issued new warning labels to be distributed with the drug Topamax, advising patients to immediately call their doctor if they experience new or worse anxiety, feel agitated or restless, panic attacks, new or worse irritability, or other unusual changes in behavior or mood. I felt like those things that's like... Yeah, on the commercial. And everyone's like holding hands in a field, and it's like, this may cause severe death and diarrhea. And you're like, severe death and diarrhea? Severe death? I'm like, diarrhea I can handle, but severe death. Um, what makes, and, what what are the different levels of severity when it comes to yeah, death? Yeah, what is I think severe if you're death? dead, you're dead. But okay. What's mild death? I don't know. Yeah, what's mild, exactly? In, in fact, in an email Kimberly had written to Chris just a few weeks before her death, mm. she commented that she'd recently told her doctor she'd been going through a big personality change and anxiety change. Wow. So there is some, That's you know. Tell. Yeah, there is some indication here that, you know, there's at least evidence proving that there is a chance that there was a suicidal situation happening, which is very tragic in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. Chris's defense team held that Kimberly's behavior changes caused by her prescription medications were the cause of her children's deaths. His team also asserted that Chris had experienced a bout of dissociative amnesia caused by witnessing something extremely traumatic, which is why he still had no memory of the shooting. Which, as I've, we said, it can yeah. really, I mean, the brain works in powerful ways to protect you as much as possible, which that's is why right. people black out. Yeah. I was just going to say, and like, that's not just something we're saying, guys. Like, listen, you can look this up like the brain will literally black out things so that you aren't traumatized by it it's crazy a psychiatrist was included in chris's defense the doctor read through transcripts and watched through 20 hours of interrogation videos before coming to the conclusion that chris may very well be innocent of the murders the doctor stated that chris appeared genuinely unaware that his family had been killed even using the present tense when speaking about his wife and children and only switching to the past tense after seeing photos of their bodies god this is horrible that's such an interesting indication i mean you almost wonder like if you're you know let's let's play too clever i was just gonna say let's play devil's advocate for a second you would have to be a very smart aware an actor of some kind to be able to kind of switch at the exact right time and like especially after being interrogated for 14 hours or whatever it was 20 hours like no it's true you'd have to be a genius in order to do this well the psychiatrist stated that the nuance of detail would be difficult to fake and that a great deal of the interrogation footage did point to Chris's innocence at one point during the interrogation police even tried to trick Chris into giving a confession telling him that the cell phone tower he parked underneath was equipped with a video camera chris pleaded with police to obtain a copy of the videotape so that he would finally know what happened to his family now that's a great indicator i love that police is trying to trick chris into giving a confession he's like no please i'm calling your bluff like i would love to know what the fuck happened like yeah oh you have a video of that night let's see it and that's 
<laughs> and that's my point about a lot of these things. Is I like know. So many cases, hence me being in for the Innocence Project, so many of these cases is police trying to get yeah. the number of cases solved under their belt as opposed to Versus... actually solving the fucking case appropriately. I know. It's, it's, it's hideous to think that that's something that happens in the world, but it does. Well, on, also, on the second day of his interrogation, police pressed him to try and remember, urging him to, quote, do it for your children. This mm. brought on a fragmented uh, memory. After returning to the car from checking the tires, Chris recalled, quote, I looked over and thought I saw a gun, but I knew that was impossible. Why does Kim have a gun? It was like my mind shut off. I froze and I looked down and my leg was bleeding, end quote. Because, right, how do you really, I mean, I've never been shot. I assume you've never been shot. Darren, have you? <laughs> No, in the heart. Yeah, in the heart by 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 Cupid. By Cupid and and people from the past. No, I mean because like yeah, how would you react? I mean, I think I would do exactly what is happening to Chris in this moment. I think I would black out. I mean, I've borderline not blacked out, but like we've all gone through things. I've gone through very extremely tough, traumatic moments in my life, and I can see my, I can find similarities here. So I think I would have the same exact reaction. Well, the defense team hoped that the psychiatric input would be enough to free Chris. However, after a five week trial and 30 minutes of jury deliberation, Chris was convicted of the murder of Kimberly and his three children and was sentenced to four consecutive life sentences to date Chris is still incarcerated at the Menard Correctional Center one of Illinois's most violent prisons Chris's legal team as of today is still working on appeals you know I don't know it's hard to say I think you'd have to really look at the evidence I think the jury will only know the whole picture here at least the picture as it's presented we should say um Wow, I'm like looking it up right now. Yeah, yeah, me too. I feel like if you have a psychiatric evaluation um, that's disconnected, you know, like it's footage. It's not like you're sitting there and like the person can lie to you or try to sway you. If you have a professional come in and say, no, it looks like he probably had a traumatic moment and like didn't know any better. And then you're still convicted. It just makes me wonder like what other evidence could possibly have been there. How could you not think there is it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. I mean, how could you not have a little doubt in your mind? But the other side of the coin, which I can't believe I'm arguing, mm-hmm. a woman and three children are dead, and people want to solve that. And people right. can't even imagine, for the most part, that a mom would do that, let alone let alone True. a father would do it for sure. But right. he got to live to tell the tale. Probably not. That was probably not the plan on Kimberly's right. part, if she's guilty. But uh, it's really easy to... To see four bodies yeah. dead and one guy's alive and be like, yep, that's him. And you this know? one and guy it, also has like crime scene articles hanging out at his right, house. Right, exactly. So. so it's, you know, it's but I one. still think there's definitely reasonable doubt. Well, if we get any updates on this case, I mean, obviously the legal team's still working on appeals. We will absolutely share it. We're going to be monitoring it. Uh, obviously, yeah. let us know what you guys think on social media. At Jay Thrasher, at Carpe Darren, our Facebook page, on Twitter. We've been seeing some lovely shout-outs on Twitter. We have a few amazing yeah. listener shout-outs, so let's get into, get into them. Jackie hit us up on Twitter and said, My husband requested Shaken and Disturbed on our drive to Mobile for Christmas. He loves y'all, too. I'm so proud. So, obviously, we got Jackie's husband's name. So, Ryan, thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys have a safe and happy holiday. I love that he requested it. I love my boys. I, I was just going to say, 
so we love all of our listeners, but anytime oh, I love like, my girls too. I'm not saying I don't no, love I know. The girls. It's, but so many of our listeners are women, and so anytime a guy listens, I, I'm like and oh, requests oh, hey. it and requests I'm like, us. I'm like, okay, all right, Ryan, go off, yeah. husband, go yeah. off. I think a lot of people's husbands and boyfriends are listening to our show and secretly love us. You know what I mean? We're like the housewives in The Bachelor where it's like, no, I don't pay attention to that. But what is Michelle doing what with is that guy? <laughs> My God, why is she throwing a drink? It's like, yeah. you're into it. Even you're into you it. You're not into it. Just admit yeah. it, Ryan. You're into it down there in Mobile, exactly. Alabama. Um, well, Rosiris, who I love, she's come on the show, or she's been mentioned on the show before, and I love her name. It's such a cool name, Rosiris. Yeah, Rosiris. In our Facebook group, listened to our recent Girl Scout Murders episode, Darren, and had something interesting to add. She said, quote, fun fact, I heard about the Girl Scouts case on a different podcast, and Kristen Shenoweth was actually supposed to be on that camping trip, but was sick and didn't go. Stop. Now, we haven't fact-checked this ourselves. We just got this late-breaking news from Rosiris right before we started recording. Um, but Kristen is from Oklahoma. I know that because I'm a fan of hers. So at least some of this is checking out. And um, yeah, oh what a crazy God. coincidence. We need to reach out to Kristen Chenoweth to confirm. Wow. Isn't what that crazy? Interesting, yeah. What a really interesting tidbit. I wonder if Absolutely. that's true. Not to say that she would have died she or w- anything because I know it was only the tent. But like still to know that you could have been part of that like horrible tragedy is nuts. And then you think too, like what if she was there and like things just didn't play out that way because even one other person's presence could dramatic. Like what Laura. if she was, what if she was standing right. on the stage belting? The yeah. Right. What if she was singing the whole time and like it, it kept people away because they thought what it was she like snuck into the friend's an room angel. and wanted to right? I mean, there's right. like, so, it's just, it's exactly. So it's sliding doors, right? Like, it that's really what is. It, is. it really is. Well, Speaking of sliding doors, this is the worst transition no, I've nope, ever had. No, that doesn't but, make uh, sense. Keep going. Yep. In, the, in a world where you haven't joined our Patreon, think about Get a world out of that in world. which you do join our Patreon. <laughs> Your support of us as independent creators keeps our show up and running. Yes. We thank you guys so, so much to those who have supported us. And mm-hmm. you can sign up for as little as $5 a month and you can get tons of bonus content and access to everything we've already posted. You can subscribe annually and save 15% too, so it's even cheaper. You can get these videos of us stripping. That's right. We we may be putting them on Patreon, but we don't know. We'll let you guys That's- know soon. I yes. will say, Darren, one of the cool things that's coming up in January is we're going to yes. share the alternate uh, cover art that we were selecting about this time last year, if you remember, with different uh-huh. different fonts and different different titles and things like that that we were kind of like, hmm, what is the feel and the vibe of the show? So we're going to share that with you guys in January for everyone on Patreon. God, also, brainstorming of what to call this podcast. Is I was just, it's so funny you say that. I was just looking that up right before we started um recording today because I was like I wonder if we if there's a time where like we were texting and we were like that's it that's the one I remember us talking on the phone about it so I think maybe that was where shaken and disturbed became a thing remember it was actually a Nadine suggestion and then I texted it was? you yes oh, I didn't know that I texted you and then you were like okay yeah. yeah let me think about it and then I called you and I said and you, you know said it's like it. a take on shaken and stirred like you know yeah. like shaken and, and you were like Oh, okay. I love that. Well, I just loved hearing you say it. Like on, you know, when you see it in a text message, it's one thing. But then when you hear it out loud, it was like, that's it. That's the one. Um, But also starting in January, we're going to have Patreon subscribers right here 
on our show. On we our are, show. Which stripping is, with us. That's yeah. right. Stripping with us. We are so excited. This is kind of why we're on Zoom, by the way, because it'll be really easy to bring guests on and have you guys chat with Absolutely. us. So we are so excited about that. Darren, we also want people to to, to tell us how to much rate, they love us. To review yeah. and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's like kind of a little tip jar for us. It really helps us get seen <laughs> by other platforms and Helps us get advertisers and all the good things that kind of keep the show going. So if you have already, thank you. If you haven't, if you could take 30 seconds for mom and dad, that would be great. And give five stars, nothing yeah, less. Yeah, full five. Yeah, yeah. Five, yeah. yeah. And finally, of course, we wouldn't be doing the show if it weren't for the lovely Megan. So we have to give her a shout out and some love. So get ready to count us down. Here we go, Darren. One, two, One, two three. three. Thanks, Megan. Megan. Thanks, Megan. I like saying thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. I don't even know. I was just thinking, like, does Megan even know we do this? Like, we've told her, but I don't think she does. She doesn't care. Well, we love Megan nonetheless. And And we love all of you. That's right. Hope you had a lovely Christmas for those who celebrate. It's going to be a good week. I can't wait to see you next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs)